Yeah. But it's also the idea that a lot of comedy in Canada is unpaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if you see a show at Rumors or a show at a comedy club in Canada, odds are the headliner gets paid, the host gets paid, yep. the people in the middle don't get paid. And, like, when you tell people that, they're like, oh, I remember your set at that place. is awesome. They're like, how much do you get paid for that? I'm like, nothing. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah. Like, how much have you got paid from comedy clubs in Canada? Zero dollars. Welcome back to Two First Podcast, where we document the rise and start of Winnipeg's talent and personalities, a.k.a. the number one podcast in Winnipeg. No offense. My, my like, podcast is over. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. Let's get it going. I mean, right. even even if, like, this is way better than any that I was doing, so I can't, I can't even front. No. All right. Speaking about our guest, let's bring on our guest for today. He's a comedian representing Winnipeg on the big stage. Here to talk about his journey, please welcome Boino. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, elephant in the room. Uh, you used to have a podcast. I yeah. did. Yes, <laughs> I did. It was. Uh, it lasted for over two years. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, man, we that was like we looked up to that, right? We were yeah. like, okay, yeah, these, these boys, these boys did it. They're in, they're in the same space. So yeah, you know, so yeah, kind of like the mentors in the space. I appreciate it. Yeah, because our thing was always like I remember somebody uh, when I first started doing Winnipeg's finest. They were like. A lot of people like doing like a Winnipeg-based podcast where they put people on. What's the difference between yours and theirs? I was like, yeah. mine's gonna be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, people yeah. don't understand that though. It's gonna yeah. have it's gonna have better guests. We're gonna yeah. run it a lot better. It's gonna be a lot more fun. Like, I'd, yeah, yeah. I don't see how it's gonna <laughs> fail, right? Yeah. And like, we kind of it was unstructured in the sense that like you guys have equipment and like a team and a waiver yeah. <laughs> and like an intro. Ours was like, all right, we're going to just start speaking to each other and it's going to be good. Sure. And yeah. the guest was like, all right. And I think once we, uh, one episode, like we literally started talking about like, does Trudeau do drugs? And like, we talked about it for like 30 minutes and <laughs> people were like, why the fuck is this the episode? And it did well. Right. So like, sure. it was, it was, uh, it was a training ground for learning how to speak yeah. and kind of improv. Yeah. I found that when I was doing stand up, I was a lot better at responding to audience members. The more I went off track on my podcast. And then, but at the same time, I think we had a shelf life because it was like, I always wanted to leave Winnipeg and it was getting to the point where like the episodes were just increasingly becoming just about us and less about what the person was doing. And I'm like, yeah, we, we can't keep getting away with this. (laughs) Like at some point we're going to have to redirect to what the podcast is about. So we always knew that it was going to come to an end at some point, which is fine. It was fun for what it was. Was there ever a realization that like, you know, maybe Winnipeg's not the place to do it. Like. For a podcast? Yeah. Well, for what we wanted to do, it's kind of perfect. But I think what we want to do has a ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, nobody could be like, yo, this is, uh, like, Toronto's finest. Because it's like, dude, Toronto's massive. Like, (laughs) are people going to hear about you, one? And two, people wouldn't resonate with it as much. Because it's like, what are you, six buzz? Like, who the... And also, to get any sort of notoriety in Toronto, you kind of already need a Toronto base. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. dude, unless you're Drake, nobody cares. Sorry. Sorry. That's facts. Or you're like a... A major influencer like in winnipeg i could get away with it because yeah as long as you're kind of good and people fuck with it because yeah. winnipeggers like like i can reach out to you guys to be on this winnipeggers love like and being on podcasts and plugging yeah. their shit, dude yeah. we're, we're such <laughs> for it <laughs> yeah. so i was like yeah let's just utilize that it'd be fun we can kind of like get the guests to share it and then we'll kind of cross promote with them and get some of their followers and they can see us and hopefully yeah. we kind of bounce around blah 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 so uh yeah no it's uh at a certain point, though, I was like, I want to do something more than Winnipeg, and I always kind of have, so I'm like, I'm going to have to move to Toronto. And then now I'm, I'm trying to work to get my visa to the States. So, Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're a comedian, right? Yes. Um, explain how that started and why comedian, because we, we were doing some research yesterday. Uh-huh. And fascinated by the space. We never had a comedian on the show. Oh, okay. So the you're the first one. Yeah. You're the yeah, first yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I've always been an attention. Like, always, 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 always. I don't know if it's because I have ADHD. I don't know if it's because, like, there's some sort of, like, grandiose narcissism that hasn't been, like, diagnosed yet. Sure. <laughs> I just, I've always loved making people laugh. I've always been the center of attention. And uh, it was actually when I was doing Winnipeg's Finest, we had uh, Spencer Adamus on the podcast, if you know who that is. Hilarious guy. He runs comedy at Wee Johnny's. And I was just laughing my ass off. I was like, this is a lot of fun. Like, I kind of want to do what this guy's doing. Because we also had another comedian, Julian Rowan, on before that. And I was like, I just want to try this. I want to try this. And I tried it, and I was terrible. I was like, no, but I like, I want to be good at it. And I tried it again, and I was still terrible. And then a year went by, and I was still ass. Uh, <laughs> but I just kept doing it, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, no, it wasn't fun. Sorry, let me put it this way. So I, I have a basketball background. Before yeah. all this stuff, before when it picks fines, before stand-up, before any of this shit, before my sports journalism stuff even, which is like nobody knows about that, mm-hmm. I was a basketball player. And I wasn't very good. I, was a, I wasn't athletic at all, mm-hmm. but I worked really hard. So sure. like my line of thinking was even though this sucks and I know I'm bad at it, I want to be good one day. And I went from a guy who got cut from his high school team to getting a $1,000 scholarship to go play at a uh, college in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And now my, my after that, I kind of dropped out in November because they went on a six-week strike and it just wasn't worth it for me to continue going to school. That's just not happening. Yeah, no, and yeah. like my relationship with my teammates and my coach kind of soured a bit. Sure. Um, so I was like, yeah, this I'll just cut my losses, go back home. I, my basketball career is kind of over. But it was the idea that uh, I went from, I got cut in grade 11 and then I transferred schools uh, and we actually knocked out St. Paul's, uh, which was nice, uh, which was fun. Um, and then I was a guy who got cut who was able to make some kind of space for himself as a college basketball player, right. even if I had to email over 120 coaches, even if I, <laughs> I had to sneak into tryouts and I got cut from a lot of teams and I said some stupid that got me cut from a tryout because I have a bad filter. You know what I mean? So the same thing with comedy. I'm like, I really want to be good at this, and I'm really bad. So even though it sucks right now, and even though fucking God tested me a bunch of times, like uh, in the summer of 2019, uh, so I started December 2018. In the summer of 2019, I almost got hired by TSN 1290, the now defunct TSN 1290, and I ended up working for them for a bit, actually. Okay. But because there was a union, this one guy was trying to leave, but he couldn't leave right away. So they're like, oh, well, we're going to hire you. I'm like, awesome. So I quit all three of my part-time jobs. And then, like, the next day, they're like, oh, actually, we can't hire you. I'm like, no. dude, I just quit everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just wait a bit. Hopefully, I can wait it out, and they'll get back to me. Nothing for about a month and a half. And I was broke. Like, I was broke ass. And I was also trying to impress this girl at the time. Uh, but I couldn't bring her home because my parents are immigrants, and they're yeah. nuts. And, like, it, I, <laughs> I, I don't want that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just, like, renting Airbnbs with my credit card and convincing her, like, yeah, these are just places my friends own. And she's like, "This that's weird, but okay. Uh, <laughs> so I was, I was broke oh, as no. f- and my parents were like, you can't rent, like, you can't use our car unless you can fill up gas. I'm like, I have yeah. no money. They're like, then you can't use it. I'm like, okay. so I biked from South Point to the Exchange District to do stand up. Wow. That's a 50 minute ride. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Each way. That's crazy. And like, sometimes it would rain. And so, do you know what biking in a, in a rain jacket's like? The worst thing ever. It's hell. Yeah. Cause like, the thing about like rain jackets, there's no, like, it doesn't breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you need to keep the water out. So I'm like, sweating five minutes in like crazy and it's raining and it's windy and i'm gonna go do on stage yeah. it's terrible like it was yeah. a whole i'd get there comics would be like what the f- wrong with you and i'm like i'd go to the bathroom i had like a duffel bag with a towel a new pair of clothes uh a deodorant i'd change in the f-ing bathroom of like bars yeah. it's disgusting <laughs> and i go on stage and eat like it wasn't even remotely funny i would bomb consistently for like three months uh-huh. and then i'd put on my f-ing sweaty clothes and bike home again this happened for like 
three or four months. Wow. And I was still terrible. And then, but it was like, once I kind of got through that, I was like, dude, I can do anything. Because then I got hired. I, I dropped out of school. Heike hired me in like October 2020. Or no, October 2019. And then, yeah, I started making some money where I could borrow my parents' car. And then I got like a shitty car. So I was able to go to stand up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just kind of like, once I got through that stage of, okay, this is and I'm terrible and I hate this. And, and it still comes, mind you, but it was just like, how willing are you to be good at this? Are you willing to bike two hours every day and want to throw yourself off a building because you're terrible at this thing and you have to <laughs> bike in the rain and <laughs> people look at you? Like, the, the other comics weren't like, yo, dude, respect, yeah. dog. <laughs> yeah. Big dog, he's hustling, he's grinding. They're like, this guy, this guy, yeah, they're like, this guy's a weirdo. Like, yeah. <laughs> quit. <laughs> Why are you still doing this? <laughs> yeah. And also, like, I remember this one guy said to me, and I always thought this was weird. And, like, I'm somebody who naturally puts a chip on my shoulder. So, like, this pissed me off. He's like, oh, look at me. I'm bueno. I'm tall and good looking. And I make decent money. Like, I do comedy because I because I want to, not because I need it. I'm like, dude, if you need this, it's not paying you anything. Yeah. <laughs> Find a wow. new need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I always kind of felt like, uh, and maybe this is just me creating narratives. But it was one of those things that, like, I put in the back of my head that I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to remember that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you can work towards it. Yeah, exactly, right? So, like, when I'm in Toronto, and I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing five mics a week. I think about that. I'm like, no, nah, I got to do these mics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to do these exactly. mics. Was there ever a moment where you're like, maybe this is not worth it, man. Maybe comedy is not the play. Uh, I mean, it still comes up, honestly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why I'm, go through it? Why go yeah. through all that? I mean, and we this this is a much uh, bigger picture question in terms of comedy in Canada. Because I'll ask you guys this. Like, who, who are your favorite comedians, if you have any? I mean, it's the... It's the common, right? Like Kevin Hart, Russell Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. like Drew Schultz. Yeah, guys, yeah. name them. So yeah. what, what do all those guys have in common? They're just no. funny, man. Netflix specials. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, yeah. On on that on that line, Netflix specials. <laughs> what about Netflix specials? Like, what specifically have Arenas. you? Know? They got mom, they got money. They got audience. Like yes, but uh, how do they get the money in the audience? What are you trying to get? Where <laughs> are they? In the like, states. In yes. the states. Uh, so so you saying that can Canadian comedy has is not there yet, or it the will ceil- never be the there? The ceiling isn't there at all. Like, could you guys name me any Canadian comedians right now that didn't go to the States? Nicholas Bueno. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bless. But uh, I'm soon going to the States, so I'm off the list. Yeah. And I've been to the States, so I'm off the list. Yeah. Canadian I comedians who have, like, stayed in... Russell I'm Peters? Is he is Canadian? Yeah, but he, he, moved. he moved to the States. Okay, okay, Like, the guys that you know, even... I'll throw actors in. Sure. Like, I'm, I don't have an encyclopedia. Like, Seth Rogen, uh, Russell Peters, yeah. Jim Carrey. Those guys all yeah. had to move to the States. Yeah, and yeah. there's a reason for that, right? Like, let's... You guys know how much people live in how many people live in America, right? It's like three hundred fifty million or something yeah, yeah. like that. Canada's got a tenth of that population. Yeah, barely. Yeah, so it's like okay, right off the bat, <laughs> the amount of people. There's, and is there a stand up? Have you guys ever been to stand up live? No. Uh, no. No. Other guys on the team? No. And yeah. that, like, I'm not trying to be a dick or like shame, yeah, but like yeah. that's the answer everybody gives. Like yeah. most people, even the show that I'm doing tonight and like the show that I did in December, when I tell them like, "Yo, you should come to my show," they go, "Oh my god, stand up! I've never been." And it's like. Yeah. Why haven't you been? Oh, I didn't know it was around. It's like, oh, it is. Yeah, like yeah. I do it frequently. When I was in Winnipeg, I do it two, three times a week. Yeah. In Toronto, I do it five times a week. They go, oh, I didn't know that. And it's like, nice. yeah, mo- most people don't because there's yeah, not really, not a- there's no real stand-up culture in Canada. I'll put it, I'll put it like this because like you guys will probably get this. This is a more, uh, this is a more universal theme that you guys will get, and it'll kind of prove my point. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Toronto is kind of like the place? in canada for music i mean it always had the market because it was the biggest place but like gotcha. it's now a globally recognized yeah, yeah. market for canadian artists like the weekend tory lanes sure. and i i don't know f- 
all about music, but I know those guys are from Toronto or the yeah. area, and I'm sure there are a bunch of other guys that you could rip names off that people would know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why is that? It's because Drake established the, the one guy. city. Drake. Yes. Yeah. Drake is so massive. Yeah. He has such a global pull. Mm-hmm. People will go where he goes. Yes. There hasn't been that for stand-up. Like, you guys were noticed, like, do you guys know any Vancouver rappers? No. no but I know really. rappers from Winnipeg who moved to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you guys know any, like, famous Vancouver entertainers? And again, this isn't disrespect to Vancouver. I was just in Vancouver last weekend. Great place. I did some stand-up out there. It was awesome. Uh, Vancouver's not seen as a global market. Toronto is. There there isn't that defining figure who people know when they look to Vancouver. And I I bring up Vancouver because everybody always brings up in Canada, Toronto and Vancouver. Those are the two biggest cities. Toronto's actually a big market. Vancouver's just beautiful and has nice weather, right? So if we're in Canada, there's no real industry. You guys can't tell me any stand-ups, gotcha. and the average person can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, do, but yeah. does that inspire you to be the person? Like, be the Drake of Winnipeg? Be the Drake of Vancouver? Even, even if it did, I'm going to have to go to the States anyway. Sure. Like, let, let's say that's my goal or not. Yeah, yeah. The States got to be in the plan anyway. Yeah, you So it's remember. like, I, I don't really worry about it as much. I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to go to a place where I can build a career and I can build a fan base. Mm-hmm. And if, let, let's say I get to Drake's dance. Let's, let's let's say I get there. Yeah. I'm sure, I love Toronto. I, I think it's a great city. I'd like to be there mm-hmm. uh, every little bit. Yeah. But it's also the idea that a lot of comedy in Canada is unpaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you see a show at Rumors or a show at a comedy club in Canada, odds are the headliner gets paid, the host gets paid, yeah. the people in the middle don't get paid. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you tell people that, not that, not that oh, oh, the comedy clubs, look, if they'll give me a set, I'll do it. I'll do the set. I enjoy doing uh, comedy clubs. I've I've done a bunch across Canada. It's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but it's the idea that like if I would tell people that you know even it's like a girl I'm seeing or a friend like yo yeah they're like oh I remember your set at that place is awesome. They're like how much do you get paid for that? I'm like nothing. They're like what? <laughs> like yeah, like yeah. how much have you got paid from comedy clubs in Canada? Zero dollars. Mm-hmm. And so if and I I do well financially. I'm, sure. yeah. I'm not complaining. I I realize that uh, <laughs> sometimes it sounds like I'm complaining with my mouthful and I try not to but it's the idea that if I'm well financial and I can afford to do all these things average person isn't what does that say about the industry you know what I mean and like it's not so when I talk about comedy in Canada I remember one comedian was kind of like how why are you talking bad about comedy in Canada what are you doing it's like but but it's the truth I've been treated very well for the most part (laughs) let's keep Winnipeg out of this (laughs) outside of Winnipeg I've been treated very well It's just, it's the truth, right? Like most comedians in Canada, like the top paying comedians that stay in Canada and live here make about like 50 to 60K a year, which is good money. I'm not trying to talk down on that at all. But if that's the ceiling and the rest of the people aren't getting paid that much. Yeah, there's a reason for it. You know what I mean? So it's like, what's what's the fix? Oh man, I don't know. (laughs) Ramp up immigration like nobody's business. (laughs) Get more people here. Yeah, just kidnap people from other countries (laughs) and bring them here who like stand-up. I don't know, man. Yeah, It's it's one of those things that uh, unless there's a Drake figure, which I don't see happening because when it comes to the world of entertainment, people like Americans. Like um, America is the massive media market and just being down there for a bit, like it is much different. Mm -hmm. It is insane. So I don't know what the fix is. I'm in, as long as I'm in Canada, I'm going to do stand-up because I love doing stand-up. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that if people really want careers, if people are like, I want a stand-up career, and you're set on being in Canada, you gotta you gotta adjust your expectations. It's like I don't know, you're you're a like you're somebody who's 
45 years old and you're not in great shape and you don't have a good job and you're like, I want to date a model. It's like, okay, but you're not going to. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Change the things about you or your expectations. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like with with stand-up, if you want uh, a comedy career and you live in Winnipeg, Mm -hmm. you want to be just a stand-up comedian. That's it. Tough. That's not gonna happen, man. Sorry. <laughs> There's, I, I, I think I know one guy who does it, and he makes it work. Mm-hmm. But most people wouldn't want to live that kind of life. Not to talk down on this dude or his lifestyle. It's just, you know, he hustles hard for it. A lot of people aren't willing to be in that state. So it's like, if you want to be a stand-up in Toronto, okay, it's more feasible. But remember, it's a, it's a yeah. massive market in Canada, and you're gonna have to puncture that market somehow. And if there's not a lot of money to be made, and you gotta puncture the market, that's facts. That's it's hard to gain yeah, traction, yeah. right? So it's like. Being, a, if you're, not that like there are aspiring comedians listening to this, like, yeah, man, like, preach, bro, these facts. But just like, as a comedian, if you're young, be in a market where you can get on stage, get better, and then worry about the rest later. Like, I was in Winnipeg for two years uh, before I went to Toronto, and Toronto actually got me a lot better because there's so many more mics, mm-hmm. right? If you live in Toronto, maybe it's worth going to, like, Ottawa or Brampton or doing shows in the GTA first because you want to put your best foot out there when you get to Toronto, and then... Start branching out that way. Yeah. Do you think it's crucial to get like the sets in? Like for example, yeah. like where, for example, a lot of people say Winnipeg is the best test market. Yeah. So for example, if you can get out like ten sets in Winnipeg and you're doing good in those, mm-hmm. do you think those are crucial to build you up into like move into cities like Toronto or of course. like Vancouver? And stuff? The only question I have is like, okay, when you say ten sets, do you yeah. mean a week, a month? Whatever. I I don't know the comedy scene. And, and right. that's, yeah. that's the thing, right? Like. You need reps. Yeah. And you need reps. And this is one of the things that, like, in comedy, like, a lot of open mics in Toronto don't have audiences. Mm -hmm. They don't. It's just the other comedians, 70% of which are on their phone waiting to talk to other people on their phone. And a lot of people go, that's stupid. Why would you want to do that? It's kind of like Olympic trainers. uh, Let's say the competition, you got to lift 400 pounds. So they work on lifting 500. Mm -hmm. So when it's come to 400, like, Oh, man, you're ripping it in half, right? Yeah, like the, yeah. fir- the first time I did Absolute Comedy in Toronto, which is one of the best comedy clubs in Canada, it was like I, I ripped in my first set there. Like, I, I killed. It was crazy. And a lot of times uh, I've been performing just at my friends who are on their phone. <laughs> yeah. there, now, there are mics in Toronto with audiences, and some comics would argue it's better to be in a market where there are quality mics all the time. However, if it's like, okay, there's two mics a week and they're both quality, you still are missing reps, though. You know what I mean? Like, if you guys, if you had two more friends and wanted to sit here and s- I could f- and do my set in front of you, I would because I'm a whore and <laughs> most comedians are whores. They will do comedy in front of any- anybody. Sure. So, and again, I'm in a situation, especially when I was working with High Key, I work remote regardless. Uh, the time when I moved to Toronto, I was working for them. I can live anywhere. Yeah. So it's like most people don't have that privilege and I get that. Uh, so it's it's tough. It's tough, right? Like if you want a career in Canada, but you're kind of like, let's say you're a trades worker and you don't really want to put the time and effort in to move and go find a job in another place and then find a new set of friends. And I don't begrudge people for that. That is difficult. <laughs> yeah, The average person doesn't want to bounce around the no. world right. yeah. <laughs> in pursuit of this thing that's not paying them. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't blame them. Yeah. But it's just the reality of the situation, right? Like I want to do comedy. I want to get better. So you do it. Okay. <laughs> Here's what you need to do. Yeah. If you want to get better, if you want to do the things with the goals I have, you need to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you want to be a hobbyist and just do stand up. Yeah. Sure. 
do it, man. Stand up's fun. And it's like, yeah. it's a good social activity. You can bring your friends to it sometime. Uh, there's food, laughter. Everybody wants to be entertained. Yeah. But if you have high goals, you need to realize that like, yo, there might be times where and looking at your credit card limit going, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> this shit again. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. You know what I mean? Like one of, one of my best friends, he's from Vancouver. I met him in Toronto. He is like <laughs> the prime example of like how badly do you want to do stand-up for a living? Yeah. He can't move to the States because uh, he's got a criminal record. He grew up in a rough neighborhood. Yeah. He got into some bad things. So he can't go to the States. He literally has lived or gone to every major Canadian city looking for an opportunity to have a career. It's not there. He he lives in uh, England now. Mm-hmm. Damn, bro. I like okay. So we were doing research about you yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and we were curious about like the business of co- comedy. Because yeah. look, now you're saying that you need to be in the United States, but what about with all the social media, right? Yeah. So you can you can post your sets or you mm-hmm. post jokes online. And you may be able to get a million views from where you're living. Perfect question. I love it. Do you guys know Che Dorena? No. He's on TikTok. No. Follow me, fucking idiots. <laughs> you, you never seen him? No idea. Oh, man. he's He's got like six or seven million followers on TikTok. Okay. Lives in Toronto. Sure. Massive social media follower. Yeah. Guess where he's moving? Stay, sure. New York. But are, are those, 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 but he created it in, For sure. in whatever city he was in. Yes. Right? M- majority of his following may not be from Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people know him in different cities across. Right. And so, like, when he tours across Canada, able to do he that. can sell out venues. Yeah. Because people love him. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you are right. Social media can help. That being said, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is just me, cons- like, this is me being a conspiracy theorist. I find things in Canada are a bit different than in the States. And I do find the regulations are a bit different. Like, I was I was kicked off Instagram. We're aware. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was kicked off Instagram. So it, it's like, I'm somebody in how conspiratorial do you want to get about this? Big tech works with the areas that uh, control the domain, right? Like if if Canadian officials or the government kind of greases big tech to do something, mm-hmm. given the circumstances, they're going to do it, right? Like, and, and if people say, oh, that's not true. Let me put it this way. Look, my friend lives in Poland. He didn't have reels till like this year. If social media is this one size fits all, no matter where you are in the world, everything's the same, that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. So if that can happen from features given to you, just that you can post, like he's, he could have missed out, he could have built this greatest following ever, but he missed his window because reels weren't available, right? Mm-hmm. It's definitely the same with that other stuff. Cause like, I know I have friends in America who are way more flagrant than I was with their jokes and the elections coming up, the vaccine passwords were a very touchy subject. I made fun of Trudeau. And I even know guys in Canada who are way more than flag, way more flagrant than I was, who are still on Instagram. Yeah, I was being tongue in cheek, right? Like, sure. I got bonked. So it's like, when it when yeah, it comes to censorship, when it comes to uh, social media, sorry, when it comes to social media in your certain domain, there are certain things that you need to be looking out for. Because I've I've seen the thing where people go, "There's no such thing as a shadow ban. You just need better content." But that's not true. I'm sure if you guys yeah. have ever seen. Uh, like, and it doesn't even have to be about, like, controversial political stuff. Like, sure. one of my friends is a sex educator. Okay. And, like, that's that should be, like, that that's a very, like, progressive, sure. mm-hmm. more acceptable thing to do in today's society. She gets shadow banned a ton. Yeah. Because either certain hashtags she uses or the content they deem is inappropriate. Unless you look up her full name on Instagram, she doesn't come up. Like, uh, it, it definitely... Yeah. People say, it doesn't exist, just make better content. Nah, man, you're sounding like a grifter now. Like, <laughs> it definitely f***ing exists. You know what I mean? So... 
when it comes to social media, you're right. Building your social media profile is crucial. Mm-hmm. I guess the thing that I would say is the terrain in Canada and the States is different. And now whether people want to say I'm completely wrong uh, and I'm boosting and I deserve to get kicked off. I'll give them that even in this hypothetical. Sure. You're right. I'm, I'm a piece of garbage. And I deserve to get kicked off. Yeah, yeah. It's still different though. So it's worth building your page online. It's worth building social media. It's worth investing in those things. But you do need to, sorry, I shouldn't say but. I hate saying but. I would just tell people it's worth figuring out the nuances and kind of how the terrain works so that when you're getting into it, you're not going, oh, I made this joke. (laughs) Now I'm banned, right? Because there is a level of, there is a level of scarcity in terms of if you joke about certain things too much or if you are a certain way, it's kind of hard to, to climb. Does that make sense? No, I, I understand. Yeah, like uh, platforms do censor. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a new thing. Like yeah. They do. It's just how do people work around that and, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a certain audience that likes a certain particular type of joke, mm-hmm. how if the platform's your main way to get it out, how do you get it out? Right? Well, here's another thing as well is like what if somebody just reports you? Like what if I have... Yeah, if you have well, a bunch of people just... What if I have like a really curated uh, audience on Instagram and then one person just comes across my page and goes, oh, I don't like this, reports me. Somebody on Instagram sees the report and agrees. Mm-hmm. And then I get a post taken down. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like. Yeah, their guidelines aren't that clear either. And yeah, and it's also like if the person at Instagram wants to break the guidelines, what can you do about it? Like when I got yeah. kicked off, people are like, did you appeal? I go, how? They go, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to learn how to. Yeah. <laughs> Because the way I was, it wasn't like I got a message that said, you're kicked off. I just logged in, and then it logged me out. And I was like, what the f-? And i like, when I'm uh, a burner, like I just created a new account quickly, and I looked, looked my name up, and it's like, does not exist. I'm like, wow. I wasn't even given the formal, you've hit too many strikes. Yeah. You are being kicked off. You are inappropriate. It was just, I was wiped out. Mm. Just wiped out completely. So it's like, what can you do? How, do you, how do you remedy that? Like, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do? You know, and... I, I make a living online, right? So, yeah, and, and this was a point in time where I was still kind of trying to find my footing after working with High Key. It was important for me to have a presence, and I had a very big presence and a good following. I was at like 14 or 15K followers, mm-hmm. which I mean isn't that big in the grand scheme of things. Sure. But you, have you can't see the exact amount of followers, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's at that point. So, I was, I was kind of stressed for a while, right? I imagine. So, does that ever feel scary, though? Like, Definitely. Like, your whole life's on social media, like... And they can take that away in, like, an instance. Totally. So, like, how do you, like, comment that? Comment that? Like, how do you, like, I mean, this go is about it? Like this, is the, this, is the, this is the larger societal question, I think. And even with everything going on in the world, right? Like, it's the question of, like, how much is too much in terms of censorship? And, of course, uh, like, I'm a full free speech advocate. I don't care how ugly it gets. I don't care. If we censor speech, at some point, somebody's going to get offended, and we're going to have to start making all these sort of exceptions. Mm-hmm. I... I I grew up Catholic. I, you know, I, I do this. You can make, take as many shots at me as you want. You can, I, I was in a psych ward. You can make suicide jokes. I don't care. Other people do care. I don't care. If you don't like the joke, leave. If you don't like something, don't entertain it. As soon as we start placing uh, barriers on what people can say, how they can say, and how frequently they can say it, <laughs> it that, that becomes a very, very slippery slope in terms of uh, censoring things that are actually important. And if you, ha- if the government has a monopoly on expression, Okay, so I'll, I'll put it to you guys like this, and this is uh, I I'm and this is me being an anarchist, right? The main argument for anarchists against having government is there's no actual incentive for the government to get better, 
right? Let, let's say sure. you guys are a mechanic in a small town, the only one, and you jack up your prices, and the next close mechanic is two hours away. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're going to lose business? No. No? Because no? it's such a pain in the ass to go to the oh. other one. Yeah, yeah. People would, unless like your prices are so astronomically high, they're like, okay, we'll go two hours. But then you'll probably just lower them, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the government. People go, oh, we have opposition and we have, you know, th- there are different people from different parties. And yeah, but if all of a sudden the government decides that, you know, this is what we're going to do and I don't like it, I have to comply. Yeah. Like, and anarchists would argue that's not fair because democracy is inherently unfair because if 51% of people want something, it's going to happen. And now 49% of people are getting screwed over. They have to comply with something that they actually don't want to do. Right. So in terms of censorship and what are people allowed to say and this and that, yeah, it is scary, but I don't think it's just a comedian thing. I just think I'm more red pilled in terms of I'm into this stuff and I look into it and I'm willing to toe the line and I'm willing to get kicked off Instagram and I'm willing to blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But I think everybody should be concerned about it. I think it's because if all of a sudden, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but it was there was an article saying that the CDC isn't going to publish COVID numbers anymore because they're afraid anti-vaxxers might misinterpret them. It's like, dude, what? The, what? How? The, that, yeah. th- that's asinine. Like, we're afraid people aren't going to understand what we're going to say, so we're not going to say it. That happens all the time. I, you know, yeah. I'm sure you've had people misinterpret what you say. I'm sure you've had people, uh, you know, misrepresent what you're about. Yeah. Does that mean you should censor who you are? No, it just means that some people aren't for you yeah. and there's always going to be people who are conspiratorial. There's always going to be people who go way out in the left field and, you know, think like there was this one guy I know in Toronto. He was like, yo, did you hear? I'm like, what? And he's like, are you vaccinated? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, they're putting it in the food supply. I'm like, you're an insane person. <laughs> yeah. Please stop talking to me. And he's like, yeah. no, look at this. And he took a quarter and he put it on his chest and it stuck. He's like, I'm not vaccinated. And uh, so I grabbed the quarter and I put it on my chest because I am. And it fell off. I'm like, you're a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> it's magnetic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have a flatter chest than me. Yeah. Maybe that's... And I put it all over my body. I'm like, dude, it's not sticking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what, so, I th- of course, there are insane people. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that, you know, because the government oversteps from time to time that everybody now is uh, right to completely go in the other direction. But it's just to say that, like... Yeah, it does worry me. And that's part of the reason why I want to get out of Canada because I want to see what guidelines are like in other places because I think that Canada is inappropriate with how people express themselves personally, to put it diplomatically. Mm-hmm. But I do think it should be a concern of everybody. Because as, yeah. as, as soon as we all kind of go, no, 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 uh, there's a, a good team and a bad team, there's right and wrong, and if you're on the wrong side, then cue, ha, 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 I'm just going to keep doing everything and to be on the winner's. It doesn't become about searching for what's true or expressing how we feel and getting to the bottom of things. It comes. It becomes more about: Are you just going to comply, and are you going to be allow yourself to be controlled, right? Yeah. And I'm just exposed myself as the worst piece of garbage for admitting that. But, <laughs> no, but <laughs> well, that's, that's your opinion, point. right? And if yeah. somebody doesn't like it, then they don't have to listen to you, or they can right. report me on Instagram. Yeah, either one, <laughs> either one, and get me taken down again. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Yeah, but I mean. That's right. that's my soapbox. But that's what the internet provides. It provides everyone to have their opinion. Yeah. Right? So as much as there's a good side and a bad side, it also allows for people to say what they want, mm-hmm. whenever they want, as soon as they want. And if they don't like you, they'll do the actions they want to, mm-hmm. to hurt you or whatever, whereas you know other people may just be like, okay, I don't like that person. I'm just going to not watch their stuff no more. And I think comedy is kind of a perfect microcosm for that because people go like, oh, you know, we sh- you can't make jokes about this, this, and this. 
but there's an audience, right? Like if somebody's up there and they're just being blatantly racist or misogynistic, the audience isn't going to laugh. Yeah, no one's going to. That's the feedback. Yeah. Like, I don't need to censor what you say. Dude, go up on stage. If they like it, they'll laugh. That's the job. Yeah. We understand it's an act. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like it, change the joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or write something different. Or work on it, right? Sure. Uh-huh. Right? So if the audience laughs, I keep it. If they don't, I might test it out a little bit more. But if it's not going to do well, then I'm not going to do it on stage. It's not going to hit. Yeah. yeah. So, so where's the balance? Where do you find, like how does my content like for example if you're if you know you're gonna get canceled all the time yeah where do you find that balance between okay this is my authentic con authentic content Mm -hmm. and what i'm just faking online yeah i mean that's a good question because i had somebody tell me they unfollowed me and they're like yeah it's not you i'm like yeah it's just like my comedic self they're like yeah but and that's fine but like it's not who you are and like the person knew me very well and it's like that's fine they don't have to follow me that's okay Mm -hmm. my thing comes down to like how you figure it out is reps like, how are you going to get better at something if you don't fail, if you don't make mistakes, if you aren't willing to put yourself out there, then you're not actually going to grow, mm-hmm. right? So, like, that comes online, that comes with getting on stage a bunch of times. That's one of the reasons why I moved to Toronto, to try to get on stage as much as possible. Um, and, yeah, th- th- that's a risk you take. Yeah. Sometimes you make a joke that people uh, don't like. Sometimes you make a joke for – and this is this is something I've struggled with just my entire life before stand-up. I'm like, I should say this. This is going to be really funny. And then I say it, and it's not funny. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> or I say it, and it is really funny, and it works, right? Um, yeah, I, I think uh, when it comes to humor, like, as long as you're trying to make the people laugh, you know, like, jokes aren't co-signments. Yeah. They're not endorsements. Mm-hmm. I'm, you're guys who have probably played video games in your friend's basement. You get, Sometimes you guys just say the most ridiculous just to rip on your friends or just to get a reaction and you're just trying to make each other laugh. Now, of course, there are some people who actually take that internalize and blah, 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 whatever. But I don't like going there with the yeah buts because I don't think that's the average. I think everybody knows deep down there's a subject they like laughing at. Other people wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And whether that's morally uplifting or progressive or socially acceptable, Jesus Christ, I'm going to wake up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I usually wake up at 11.30. Uh, whether it is any of those things, at the end of the day, whether you have people backing you or not, we're all hypocrites. Yeah. All of us in our own right. I'm a big hypocrite. I get that. I try not to be. I try to minimize it, but we're human beings, right? Like, sure, we all have things that are closer to our hearts. We all have things that we want to stick up for. We all have things that we deem are important because they affect us in a certain way or they affect the way that we see the world. And I think the more... Uh, libertarian and the more kind of you do your, your thing, I do my thing kind of way, the better. Like for like when you guys talked about when I said I, I people in Winnipeg don't like me, I'd rather not get into it because it's a super long story. But at the same time, look, they want to do their thing. I'm not allowed to do shows here. That's fine. Good for them. They're, they're allowed to self-govern. They're allowed to do their own shows. I don't care. I, I, my goal was never to take money out of people's pockets, which I didn't do, by the way. I'm going to put on my shows. If they want to get angry at me for putting on my own show while I'm in town, that's fine. You don't have to do the show. Right, so it's like, I don't want to poke the nest. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to poke the beehive. They don't come near me. I don't come near them. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. Let's transition the conversation into more of like the actual comedian. Yeah, of thing. course, of course. So, have you? I'm sure you've had like times like, sometimes when we watch like you know up and coming comedians and you just see them either on stage or something, mm-hmm. and just nobody laughs. Yeah. 
What's that feeling? That's like watching it. It cringes a little bit, but I can't imagine. Like sometimes, you know, when I'm with my friends and I tell a joke that internally I'm like, "Oh, this is, this is sort of funny." Yeah, and it's just silence. Yeah, can I imagine that? And I put it on like yeah, a bunch of other people, a bunch of like and you don't know them. Yeah, yeah. And you're the only That's reason you're talking to them is to make them laugh. Is that not like what does that feel like? It's the worst feeling in the world. I remember uh, when I was uh, when I was first starting stand up. I was at the University of Winnipeg, and I was so excited. I wrote these four jokes I thought were bangers, and there was like this. It was, uh, they called it new shit night at the time because you had to do new material. You had to. Okay. And I went, I walked to the handsome daughter from school and I was like, yo, these are gonna slap. And I did them and they were all terrible. And I bombed like I'd never bombed before. And it was raining outside. I had to walk <laughs> the bus stop in the rain. Do people, be, do people I, be like, good job, man. No, they don't. They just look at you when you walk off and you feel like a loser. <laughs> oh, no. But there, there's the opposite side when the jokes crack and you're like, oh, yo, this is what I live for. Well, it, and, and that's the thing, right? Like, Anything worth doing poorly is worth doing. Sorry. Anything worth doing well is worth doing poorly at first. Mm -hmm. You look at anybody who's successful. Yes, there are prodigies, of course. But at some point, you're going to get smacked. At some point, you're going to be on your ass. At some point, like in Kobe Bryant in uh, 1998 against the Utah Jazz in the Western Conference semifinals, airballed four shots down the stretch with Shaq on the court. It's not like, oh, Shaq was hurt, so he had to take over the offense. No. (laughs) Sophomore Kobe airballed four or like, Third-year Kobe. Young Kobe airballed four times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a prodigy. He ripped everybody in high school. But at some point, you're going to be on your ass. Yeah, yeah. Stand-up, you cannot have the massive laughs. You cannot ride the wave. You cannot murder unless you suck at some point. Unless you, Because all those jokes that are going to murder, all those jokes that are going to do well, at one point were terrible. Or at one point were like this raw piece of material that you were working out. You were trying to make fit. But in the moment, like, stand-up's all about creating an atmosphere in which people are supposed to laugh, yeah, yeah. which is why I hate it when people take clips and put it online and go, look at how a pr-. It's like, but they're trying to make you laugh. Yeah, yeah. Whether you think it's funny or not, you don't. Like, if, if you got up and left and that was your protest, sure. Freedom of speech, baby. Freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. You don't like the joke, you leave the club, fine. Mm-hmm. But it's not an indictment of a person's character. Like, my bits are mostly about sex and, like, my racial background, Brazilian, by the way, which is why I look like this. Um, and, like, a lot of stupid that have happened to me, and I like throwing basketball references in there because I like basketball. Mm-hmm. I've, and that part of the reason why that person's like, that isn't you. It, it was an ex who said that, by the way. <laughs> that She's going to be privy to more intimate areas of my life, yeah. more vulnerable, insecure parts of who I am, right? You know what I mean? So it's like... Anyways, I, I completely... I didn't, oh, yeah, the bombing and the killing. I kind of went off on a tangent. My apologies. <laughs> nah, but it's part of the game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Game. Exactly. Right? So, you know, that, I, I just find it so... Sometimes watching back and, like, comedians, I'm just like, oh, I feel so bad for them. You guys like, should try an open mic at some point. I think... You should do it. See, how, how like, do you work? Like, yeah, like, how do, you, how do you come up with jokes? Because I think being funny with your friends in a group is, like... Way yes. more easier than yes. like having a stage presence and like certain actions, and you said expressions, uh-huh. those play a very vital role. And I think many people may think they can be funny, mm-hmm. but the difference in being funny with your friends and on, like on a stage, I think, is drastic. Would yeah, you agree? Stage funny and being funny are different things. Yeah. Like, right? and there are some people who don't know they're funny but are funny. Sure. Yeah. Like, I, I, I used to see this person who was pro- objectively hysterical, but I don't think she knew it. Like, just her mannerisms were really f- funny. Huh. And she wasn't trying. She's just a funny person. And she would never do stand-up, right? So, like, 
I mean, I don't know. If, the easiest thing to start when you're doing stand-up is, like, think about your guys' names. Like, what, what are your guys' full names? Steve. And your last name? Uh, Chahan. Okay. Robin Mann. Okay. So, my name's Nicholas Bueno. My opening joke, and I've kept this. This is the one joke I've kept, like, consistently throughout my entire stand-up career. Is like, you know, my name's Nicholas Bueno. Yes, you heard that correctly. Bueno like the kinder bar. Yeah. Bueno like good in Spanish, which I don't speak because I'm not Spanish. I'm actually Brazilian, which I don't speak because that's not a language. It's called right. Portuguese, yeah. which I don't speak because I love disappointing my parents. Right? Nice. Yeah, you build on it. Always start with something about yourself. It's easy. Like, my, my dad's Brazilian. My mom's Portuguese. My last name's Spanish. So, like, I'm kind of a cluster of ethnicity so like i write jokes based on that right and you guys like you guys are brown guys mm-hmm. you probably have like typical brown families one of my yeah. buddies uh he's from brampton if you guys know anything about brampton oh yeah yeah, yeah brown town blah 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 it's the joke of the gta other than oshawa right so like i would say if you guys wanted to do it write things about like find like a funny story in your life that sure. that maybe you could build on or write a tag about right like i i think everybody should try stand up at least once because mm-hmm. public speaking is the uh what is it? The biggest fear in the world? Yeah, that's yeah. it. The, the number one fear. Yeah, Bigger than dying. Yeah. People would rather die than speak publicly, which to me is insane because I've always yeah. loved public speaking. Same, yeah. No matter what. Uh, I used to go to St. Paul's. Do you guys know anything about St. Yeah. Paul's? Yeah. So all, all guys? They have this They have this speech competition called the Bing Crosby. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I was a finalist every year, and I won two out of three years, which is, like, very rare. It doesn't happen. And I was the only person in contest history – who won and then left the school and then couldn't host because the grade 12 who won in grade 11 is supposed to host. And I tried to, I moved, I went to FRC yeah. and I was like, can I still host? They're like, no. And I was like, okay, that's probably good. Cause I was going to be a huge, I was going to be a huge yeah. like, <laughs> the whole time. Oh yeah. yeah. And like, it was just extremely immature of me, but like mm-hmm. I kind of had my own vendettas with St. Paul's. So I was like, that's probably a good idea. You're not letting me do that. Yeah. <laughs> so how long you've been doing this stuff? Like stand up? Yeah. Uh, just over three years. December 2018 was when I started. Um, I guess if you want to include my public speaking in high school, sure. 20, 2013? Wow. 2013, I did uh, a speech in one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've, I've always loved being the center of attention. So, and then social media stuff, I started working with Heike in 2019, and the podcast was 2018. Um, so yeah, yeah, so just over three years. So what's the end goal? Like the end goal, I want to I wanna have a career as a stand-up. Sure. I want to have... Uh, a special. I want to create an album. I want. Uh, I want an audience that can sustain me to the style of life that I'm attuned to living now, and that I want to continue to live. Because I, I, I'm doing well. I'm very grateful. I'm very, very blessed, and I have no complaints about my life. Mm-hmm. However, there's another level that I want to reach, right? And some people would say that's excessive. Sure, and it, it to a point, it is absolutely. Yeah. I want to challenge myself though to get to a point where. I'm, I have different income streams, you know what I mean? So I do stand up, I have investments that pay me as well. I, I have producing gigs. Um, and this job that I have with the social media agency that I have is more hands off because I'm more overhead overseeing things as a consultant rather than somebody who, you know, I'm in the trenches doing the video editing, doing the posting, doing the captioning, things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I love stand up and I, I love podcasting and I've kind of been out of the podcast game for a while just because I feel like I don't have anything to say really. Uh, I'm just kind of getting that experience back and living life. Um, and yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, That's those are my ultimate goals. That's a goal. And so, and like I said earlier, if those are my goals, either change the goals or leave Canada at some point. So what is some advice you can give to the listeners out there that are 
wanting to get into stand-up or just build their own path? Um, don't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Pick something that's going to pay you. Uh, <laughs> no, I guess if you want to do it, make sure you get on stage. That's that's the biggest thing. Like, just get your reps in. So many people love... And also, don't... like my, w- What I'm saying will work for me is going to work for me, and maybe until it doesn't, right? So many people, and this is something I can't stand about comedians. They go, oh, tone it down or cut this joke out instead of, hey, I think this direction might work. Have you ever thought of like trying this with your joke or here's a tag you could use? Like let's build comedy up. Like, yeah. And I don't want to be somebody who overvalues comedy and is like, stand up is the backbone of society because it's not. It really isn't. But the idea of laughing, humor is so integral to human beings. Like, Putting a lid on that because you don't like something, I think, is is a disservice ultimately to humanity, for real. And uh, for people who want to get involved in comedy, uh, make sure you write, like write jokes. Even even if like write out stories of you that you think are funny, and then tell them to your friends, tell them on stage. Eat, bike in the rain, uh, quit your jobs, um, <laughs> try to impress a girl with a credit card. Uh, it only has a three hundred dollar limit though, so you're kind. It doesn't have great space. You're screwed completely. Uh, throw yourself into the fire completely. That's it. Those are the key. Yeah, but get on stage, write, and if you love doing it, do it. Because I, one of the things that some comedians from the city I'm from that I won't name because I don't want to get too into it, uh, apparently uh, weren't huge fans of the Bueno Report, which is something that I do every summer, yep. uh, if you guys are familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, Stranger Media, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And now, it's not about... From what I, from what I can gather, it's not necessarily about the takes that I have, which are like unpopular. I don't know if they're unpopular. Actually, I don't poll people, but like they're not your average mainstream take, which I get. And if people don't like that, that's fine. Totally. It was more so the fact that I was doing something. There is a very crabs in the bucket mentality about the city that we are currently in right now that I don't appreciate. And I would say if there are people like that in your city, if you are in a smaller market where people are like that, that, damn, I'm sure you guys have had hate people who look to you funny people they used to go to school with maybe even your friends maybe people that don't like you mm-hmm. at the end of the day like if you want to take advice from that person why are you taking hate from them yeah and even if you would take yeah. advice from them they could be off base like i c- this entire podcast that i just said could have been 100 percent false and i could be a f-ing insane person who doesn't know what he's talking about at all that's totally within the realm of possibility mm-hmm. if you like something play around with the idea figure it out work on it and if you don't like it leave it all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think this is the best way to end of the podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, if you haven't already, make sure to check out Bueno. We'll tag everything in the description below. Um, subscribe if you like what you heard. Uh, we're back on all streaming platforms as well as on UMFM radio station 101.5 FM. Until next time. Peace. Peace. Let's go. Woo.